You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. Can you believe that we only have three episodes left? Is that really how many we have left? This was episode 21? Yeah, so we have 22, 23, 24. Wow, that's crazy. I feel like I might, I don't know if I'm going to have like an emotional breakdown after we're done, but in like a good way. But what will your emotional breakdown be about? Because we're just going to go right into season two, so. Well, I think I'll just have like maybe just like this immense moment of like pride. Oh, sure. Is what I think will happen. And I'll just, like, kind of freak out that we did, like, 24 season one. (laughs) And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're getting ahead of yourself. You still have 10 to go. So. 10 seasons, yes. And two movies. Seasons, yeah. And two movies. We can't forget the the movies. Oh, I won't. Because I'm frankly, I mean, the show's great, but I'm really excited to talk about the movies. (laughs) Okay, so the first thing I really want to say about this episode, like, really before, I mean, I guess in saying it, I will give kind of a minor description of the plot, but the Hulu description of this episode is Eugene Toomes, a supernatural killer whom Mulder helped incarcerate, is released on parole. And I have a large issue with this in that, why is it only Mulder that helped incarcerate him? Well, because Mulder was the one who knew what was up. Like Scully wasn't saying like, "Oh yeah, this guy killed but somebody." But they're partners. They're yeah. partners. <laughs> and but if it, I remember correctly, she did somewhat believe it by the end. By the end, but Mulder had already done so much work on it. I think. What did Scully do? Fair. Get attacked? She got attacked. That's that's what she did. And Sorry, Scully. Uh, that's not her fault, okay? No, it's not. Um, uh, she is not for some reason. <laughs> Actually, always I, kidding. I believe you thought it was her fault because she was walking around her house in the dark. Well, I don't think she was helping herself. I don't think that that's why she got attacked. But I think that she should be more aware. Okay, well, then I'll bring this up now, and this is skipping way far ahead, and we'll come back to the beginning. But there is a part in this episode where Toombs breaks into Mulder's house, and Mulder is also in the dark. Were you mad at him? Well, you see, Mulder was asleep watching television, so that's a reasonable time to be in the dark. Uh, Walking around... Scully was also Where? in the dark at night. But she wasn't asleep. She was working. And then she and was al- going to go and, like, I don't know, take a bath or maybe I'm thinking of a different episode. And then no, she that's was what she was doing. In the dark. Well, I just think that if a killer is entering your house, they don't necessarily care whether you're asleep or not. And I don't think the danger lessens whether you're asleep or not, I think it's the same amount of danger. So uh, by your definition, no, you're, twisting, Mulder- you're twisting my words. <laughs> what you're doing is twisting my words. She, if she is awake, if Mulder is awake, I would have the same stance, but if he's asleep, he can't see anyway. So it, it, the, the light on or if, off. If he hears something and wakes up, then he's not going to be able to see it. Well, he should turn the light on in that instance. I don't know. But I don't think asleep. it checks out. I, don't I think do it think, out. I do think, you know, we'd all be safer if we slept with the lights on, but that's a waste of electricity. So, <laughs> also, I mean, I, maybe I should just discuss this later, but like, I was. You know, so amped for Tombs to, like, be going after Mulder instead of Scully. And, like, he wasn't even doing that. He was just faking an attack on himself and was pretty pissed about that. 
Yeah, I literally wrote down, like, finally, Mulder is the one that is in danger. But he isn't, because Toombs doesn't go there to hurt him. I don't really understand why Toombs has to be... Oh, actually, no, I do. I I know now. I was going to say, I don't understand why Toombs had to be in Mulder's house, but it's because he used Mulder's shoe to put mm-hmm. a footprint on his face. One of the most staged beatings that I've ever seen. Yeah, it was quite an interesting, very, so many strange elements were included in that fake beating. He like stuck his finger into his face at at one point so that like his face was bleeding somehow stomped his own head but like kind of I don't like did he put mud on the shoe like the shoes didn't look dirty later it was a very elaborate and like none of it made sense in in how this attack probably would have actually gone down no and when has anybody ever just had a full footprint on their face I think never. Like he, it, it, this, what he created was like Mulder was just like stepping on his face, holding his head down on the ground. But like, that's not what Mulder would do. First of all, Mulder has a gun. You're right about that. He does. I think he'd be holding him at gunpoint is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I don't think he'd be physically beating him and stomping He's, like, curb-stomping him is what this guy has tried to make everyone believe. Right, and the the footprint is just perfectly preserved. Like, he didn't wipe it off. He didn't, like, no. it didn't come off on its own. It's just perfectly preserved. Perfect. But the doctors and the other agents believe him, and they go into Mulder's house and find the shoe and are like, Mulder, you're in trouble. Yeah, it's a quite a ridiculous scene. They're like, I, I also felt like if you're arresting an FBI agent, you'd probably give them like a little bit more of a clue as to what happened. Whereas like Mulder had clearly just woken up and they were just like, you're coming with us. And I'd be like, why? <laughs> yeah. Um. And we do have to go back to the beginning of the episode, but I, I just need to say while we're on this scene and we're talking mm-hmm. about Mulder sleeping, when he is sleeping and he is woken up by the agents knocking on his door, I just need to call out that he sleeps holding himself. He has his arms wrapped around himself, just giving himself a cute little hug while he's sleeping. He does. He also sleeps in his living room. I don't know if you noticed that. Well, yeah. With his TV on. I don't think that the man has a bedroom. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't, but uh, he does have a cuddle buddy in himself. Yeah, he's a lonely man. That is, that is apparent. <laughs> I think it's nice. I think it's cute, you know? We can all hug ourselves whenever we feel like it. Oh, I mean, I, I absolutely agree. Okay, so let's, let's go back to the beginning. You know, Tombs is back. Our friend from episode three. Do we need to tell people who he is or everyone remembers? <laughs> like, what, is, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, so he is this guy who can uh, fit into any space, can lengthen his body, do whatever to his body to fit into spaces, and he's like 100 years old. He was maybe created by the Nazis or something. Mm. Yeah, let's Uh, not get into that part again. (laughs) No, no, too confusing. Um, Every 33 years or so, he needs to eat five livers, and then he hibernates for yep. 33 years. Yeah, and now he's in prison. And I feel kind of misled because at the end of episode three, which is when he was first mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
shown to us. He's in prison and, and we're shown this little slot in his prison door and we're kind of led to believe that he might get out that way. I believe you even asked me if I understood why they did that to make sure I understood uh, that maybe he was going to come back. And he does come back, but he doesn't escape. Uh, he doesn't use that little slot. They just uh, let him go. Yeah, he just gets out on parole. They're just like, no, he's he he's fine. He can go. He can run free in the streets. Because he is not convicted for murder. He was convicted, uh, they say it in this, but I think, like, for aggravated assault and then, like, uh, you know, some psychiatric reason behind that. But, like, they technically haven't linked him to the murder in the eyes of the court because it is hard to prove that this man is 100 years old and has been murdering people on and off uh, every 33 years. So, I think I have two things that we should probably talk about before we get more into the plot. First being, uh, the last episode I told you that this guy who's playing Tombs is named Doug Hutchinson, and he got famous, mm. I don't know, like eight years ago, ten years ago, for marrying a 16-year-old named Courtney Stodden, who is now famous. And you didn't know what I was talking about. And I was just Correct. curious if you have uh, looked any more into Courtney Stodden since that episode. Um, I, you know, I did after that episode. and. And then I, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't do much more after that. Um, okay. Well, I guess it's not really important, but um, I kind of remembered that I, I never talked to him. I didn't explicitly talk to him, but I have been in the same room as him at some point as the guy who played this Tunes. man yes that you man. know this man i don't know him, alana I you were best friends with this man yes yes i was best <laughs> friends with him and i uh co-sign everything that he's done in his life wow 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 why were you in the same room as him well because many a year ago i uh worked somewhere that Courtney Stodden mm. was working with. Um, it was a nonprofit. She was doing a protest for a big media stunt. Uh, and I'm not going to say where exactly I worked. Maybe <laughs> people will pick up on it when I describe this. But she was getting, she came to our office because she needed to get like painted and like done up uh, as a mouse. And then we went to the protest, and I was also at the protest uh, near her and in some TMZ pictures with her. But at this time, she was still married to Doug Hutchinson. They've since divorced, but he was there with her. And I forgot about that because I didn't really care about him um, and mm -hmm. thought he was pretty gross. But now I remember that he was there when that happened. That is, I mean, absolutely insane. And I think so wonderful. Do you think that you could get him on the pod? Maybe. I can reach out and see. I can reach yeah. out and see. Just send a couple emails and just, like, see what happens. We'll just re-record this, and uh, it'll be totally great. I think the important part of this story here is that this means that I was two degrees from David Duchovny. Yeah, you were so close. So close. I was in the same room as someone who had also been in the same room as him <laughs> at some point. Did you journal about that? Dear Diary... Just a little update on my boyfriend, Mulder. Still haven't met, but realized 
I was once in the same room as someone who was once in the same room as him. Yeah, you know, when I mailed you my diary entry, I wasn't really expecting you to read it uh, on the podcast, but that's fine. I'm okay with it. I'm so sorry. You know what? I really should have asked. What were your thoughts on um, the scene towards the beginning where Scully is being interviewed by the assistant director of the FBI um, about, uh, like, you know, where the... Uh, what the X-Files is doing. See, you think this doesn't mean anything to me, but I think it actually does because I have to say that in our first episode when I said that I knew absolutely nothing about the X-Files, I think I was incorrect in saying that because I do know the line in the Bare Naked Ladies song one week that goes... Watch the X-Files with the lights on. We're Don on. I hope the smoking man is in this one. And <laughs> I believe that the smoking man was in this one. Yeah, he was. He was. And, and he's in other ones. And also the guy who is the assistant director, um, Skinner, who is a different character than the guy who assigned Scully to um, the X-Files at the beginning. He is like a very regular character uh, in this show. And in rewatching it this time, I like didn't realize that he wasn't in so much of the first season. And like episode one, I was like, where the fuck is Skinner? Like (laughs) he is so like usually in it. But I was like, um, but then here he was again, and I was like, hey. Yeah, Skinner wasn't in the Bare Naked Ladies song, so I didn't know anything no. about yeah. him. And I I will also say that I, I don't know anything about the smoking man. Um, I didn't yeah. expect him to look like that. Like when I saw him in the back of the scene smoking and not saying anything, I was like, oh, I'm assuming that is the smoking man. But I guess I thought that he was going to be not part of the government. I thought he was going to be like some kind of maybe paranormal thing or mm. person that we don't know anything about and shows up at people's houses or like in like silhouettes and stuff. I, I guess I wasn't expecting him to be a government agent. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't really know anything about him. At this point, other than the fact that he was part of these meetings. Also, he was in the first episode. Um, And, yeah, he was just standing in the background smoking, um, I think, in the meeting. One of the meetings with uh, the director, Blevins was his name at that time, and Scully. And then I think he was in one other one, but I was like, I'm not going to say anything yet. He, like, didn't have any lines, and I think he had lines in this one. And I remember uh, at some point they do, like, an interview with the cast that I had seen. And he was, like, cast. He auditioned for a different role. And he was, like, great. Like, I'm cast as the guy that just stands in the back and has, like, no lines. And then they kind of, like, created, like, this whole character. And I won't say anything else about him. But um, I... What can I say? He Well, I'm I'm gonna assume before you say anything, I'm just gonna assume <laughs> based on the bare naked lady song that he is an important part of the show. And mm-hmm. if the bare naked ladies are saying that they hope the smoking man is in this one, I hope that that means that his arc is interesting. Um, I hope that the bare naked ladies aren't lying to me about this. This is the only information I know about the X Files, so mm-hmm. I'm really trusting it. Yeah, I mean, I think that both of those things are true. He is part of interesting arcs. He's like his character. I mean, a lot of things that are within the government, I guess, kind of connect to the, like the show's mythology, and obviously not the monster of the week episodes. Um, so, th- yeah. I would say that that both of those assumptions you have are true. 
And um, I guess that that's all I'll say uh, until we see him again. Okay. Well, I can't wait. Like the Bare Naked Ladies. I'm hoping he's in future episodes. Um, also, that scene is kind of the first time in a while that we see any, I guess there's not necessarily consequences, but, you know, someone is questioning the fact that Scully is not debunking the X-Files. They're like, we did not hire you for you to go in here and, like, actually work with this man but that's what you're doing, and why are you doing that? And I thought that that, it, you know, it, it brought us back down to earth. That Skelly has a job to do that she's not really doing. Yeah, I'm glad they at least have mentioned that, because for many episodes now, I have been wondering what happened to that plot, and is she just ignoring her mission? Has it changed? Does she even remember that she had it? I was really unsure. Yeah, and I mean, I guess her, you know, defense in this episode, or at least what she says to them, is that, you know, they're solving, I think she says, like, 74% of their cases, which is, like, way higher than any other uh, department in the Bureau, which is great, but they're like, you need to be doing them, like, by the book, and she was like, we can't be or else we wouldn't be solving them. And um, that's like the closest we get at this point to seeing Scully be a believer in some way where she's not going to outright say it, but she's like, I get that I can't operate under uh, as though these were normal circumstances. Have we seen them solve 74% of the cases that we know about? Because I feel like, that's no. not true. No, but we don't, you know, we, we're only seeing a snippet of their lives. Also, I mean, most of them, there's some sort of, I guess I don't know what, how to define solving, but they've wrapped up right, I mean, a handful of things. I think that... Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes at the end of episodes, we get answers and we know what was happening, but I don't think that they are solved like in a way that the FBI would mark them as solved. Mm. I guess perhaps it's the ones where someone ends up in prison uh, or or something of the sort would be the ones that the FBI is satisfied with and that happens a handful of times but also i guess you know we we're only seeing supposedly there's this whole other world that goes on and a bunch of other cases that just aren't for the television viewers at home yeah i would love to know what's happening in those cases that's um the spin-off series so they haven't written it yet all right I don't know if this is correct, but I feel like in this scene and in this episode in general, I was kind of wondering if Jillian Anderson's hair is different or darker. I feel like something's different and I couldn't quite place what it was. Yeah, I I noticed this as well. I think it's like longer, but they're, I think they're just mostly styling it different. But I do think it's a little longer, and I don't really know how that happened so quickly. I guess we'd have to look up their shooting schedule um, or, like, when these aired. But um, I think that the, it's, like, it's flipping in different directions than it usually does. There, there's new angles going on. Yeah. And it, it seemed darker to me, but maybe I'm just imagining mm. that. Or maybe, like, more red than normal. Because, like, sometimes mm. it's like strawberry blonde, but it seems very red now. Yeah, I think that it – I'm trying to – I feel like it does kind of get redder throughout the show. Or maybe not throughout, but, like, maybe throughout this first season, and then it's kind of, like, 
she's got quite red hair for most of it. I also don't know if this is true, but I remember at some point I was reading about her personal life, and I think that she got pregnant during the first season of The X-Files. Maybe that's not quite right, but it is pretty early she gets pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to wonder if they're starting to frame her in this episode in a way that you can't really see her full body, like they do when um, women get pregnant on TV shows. But the character's not pregnant. Interesting. Yeah, I think you're right. It's either the first or second season, if I remember correctly. But I'll have to pay attention in the next one and see if that trend continues. Yeah, tune in next week. We'll see. We'll let you know. Is she pregnant or is she not? It's like, (laughs) how many 27 years later? (laughs) Everyone else already knows that she was indeed pregnant. (laughs) So the scene where um, it's Tombs' parole hearing and they bring Mulder in um, for questioning, I absolutely lost it when he just stood there and tried to convince this courtroom that this man is a hundred years old and has been committing these murders over um, the past hundred years, every 33 years, you know, everything we just said, like he started talking and I was like, no, like this is not like you are not going to convince them in this short amount of time that this man should not go on parole because of this weird ass story that you have. Like, I know it's true. And even I think that you shouldn't be doing this right now. Like, there's no way that that courtroom is, is going to buy this story. I really love that he did that. That's the brazen, uh, just insanity that I love in him. But also if anyone in that courtroom was looking at tombs, they should have believed him because his eyes are straight up glowing green. Yeah. I was like, is no one, really no one's going to notice this motherfucker's eyes? Like, they are changing and they are terrifying. (sighs) Yeah, all they had to do was look at him and they would have been like, you know what, what Mulder's saying is correct, I can tell. It's like Mulder was giving them the answers and simultaneously distracting them from seeing it because they were like, we can't look away from this man spouting nonsense at the front of the room. Like... (laughs) If Mulder would have just been like, look at his eyes right now. Why wasn't Mulder looking at his eyes? Like, <laughs> ridiculous. They let him out on parole, like we said, um, and they let him out with like a few stipulations. And one of the things that they say is that, uh, so he was he worked at like an animal shelter or animal <laughs> control shelter and He really wanted to go back to it, and they say that he can be out on parole if he keeps his job. And I just feel like working with animals is the wrong place to put a possible killer. Like, killers often, they cannot kill people, take out their urges on animals. So it just seems like that's not a smart place to be putting him. But, like, no one believes that he's a killer in, like, any capacity, it seems. But he attacked Scully. Like, regardless of whether you actually think that he killed people or not, he did try to kill Scully. When did Toombs get this job? Like, was he working at some point in the first, you know, episode three when we first saw him? Like, it seems like he was. Yeah. Oh my lord. It seems like for a guy who just like wakes up every 33 years to kill five people, like why are you getting employment? Well, I think that some of it is about finding a way to like target people and also get close to them. Uh, but also they say that he's like really careful and he doesn't get caught. And I think that like part of that is making it seem like he has some kind of like plausible backstory. Hmm. 
Yeah, I guess so. But then it's also making him like he's in the system as like a a person in our society and our economy. But like he was born a hundred years ago. Like, he, yeah, I don't know how he like filled out his W twos. Like, how did he do it? Every 33 years, he's, like... Because, like, he doesn't... He, he uses the same name, right? Like... Yeah. Eugene Victor Tombs. He's, like, nah. No one's gonna notice this. It's cool. And, to be fair, really only Mulder notices this. And, I guess, that other detective um, from 33 years ago who definitely noticed. Yeah. And Scully goes back to talk to that older detective who tried to catch tombs 33 years ago. She talks to him in this episode again. She goes back to his, I think he lives in like an assisted care facility, it seems. And he just has in a box in his bedroom an organ from one Mm -hmm. of the people that tombs kills. Like, it's not an evidence. He just like kept that in his personal collection and just has it in his room. Yeah, when they pulled that out, I was like, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, you don't have that. Um, but he does. He does indeed. And Scully's not even... She doesn't seem that thrown uh, by no. this. She's just like, oh, okay, cool. We can go off of this. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's been keeping this. In a box, in his home, for 30 plus years. That is concerning. And gross, I'll say. I also don't know why Toombs left that organ. Like, he ends up burying this body. Um, Like, the, the detective says that this is the one murder that didn't fit the profile of his other murders, because in the other murders, the bodies were found without their livers. But in this one particular murder, they never found the body. They only found this organ. So I don't really understand why this organ is just like laying around. And maybe it, did it fall out? And he just was like, fuck, I, I don't have time to go back. Maybe. Like I don't, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of is somewhere along the way that organ fell out of the body. Tombs in this episode needs his fifth liver. Um, He needs one more liver so he can hibernate. And so he's targeting people that um, wouldn't be obvious because he also doesn't want the government to know that he's killing people. Mulder is doing around-the-clock surveillance on him. He stops him a couple times from following people who might be his targets. But then we get into this very long scene of this guy that Toombs follows home that he is trying to get into the house. I think he maybe gets into their toilet and tries to climb up their toilet and turns their toilet totally green. And this scene, I swear to God, felt like 10 minutes long. (laughs) And 10 minutes in like a 40-minute episode is a lot. And especially for strangers that we don't even know we're just like watching them maybe almost be killed it just felt (laughs) i didn't understand why this scene was so long and also it didn't work that well yeah i think maybe it felt long because we just like didn't know them and didn't care that much um or maybe it was 10 minutes I, i don't know but yeah he's well he goes into the sewer and then tries to get in through the toilet. But it also seems like he doesn't make it out of the toilet because she closed the lid and has a baby lock on it. Um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Love love to lock a toilet. That's great. Yeah, I was like, wow, she doesn't know it, but she just saved her family's life by having a baby lock. Um, <laughs> I mean, he does get in anyway, obviously, you know. He's no fool, not going to be stopped by a baby toilet lock. Um, So Mulder's looking around outside, right, after doing this surveillance and sees, like, 
dirty, maybe bloody handprints. And like Bart is in this house and he's like, I think someone's in here. And they're like, what the fuck? Um, A very important scene happens during surveillance, or at least it feels important. Scully comes to see Mulder while he's sitting in his car doing a stakeout. Mm -hmm. And uh, she knows he's really tired. He's been up for a really long time. She offers to take over. He tells her no, because she'll get in a lot of trouble if, if she does. And he should be the only one that gets in trouble. And then she calls him Fox, which yep. she's never done before. And that's really a moment. It, it really is. It, I mean, it, I always am taken aback by it. And he is like, no. <laughs> he says, like, I think he says that he makes even his parents call him Mulder. He was like, so... It's Mulder. Like, he just said it's Mulder, like, three times. And I'm like, it's, you know, it's Mulder. Like, how how, how dare she? But at the same time, you know, a couple episodes ago, he called her Dana, and she was like, it's Scully. <laughs> well, yeah, he does say it's Mulder several times until he's just basically whispering it. He also straight up laughs at her when she says Fox, which is an odd reaction to have. But also, I don't know why he feels that way, because he has a very cool first name. He should embrace his first name. Yeah, I don't know. I think he laughs because, you know, he can tell that she's, like, trying to be, like, really serious with him. And it's just, like, no. (laughs) It's too genuine for him. He's like, please don't. That's not. That's not what we're doing here. You won't convince me by calling me by my first name. Um, And then Scully says that she wouldn't put herself on the line for anyone but Mulder. She sure does say that, and and she means it. And again, I think it's what you – maybe what you just said where he knows, like, this is, like, a heavy moment – And I don't know if he's kidding or if he's actually taken aback by what she says, but she has brought him like a bag of food to eat. And Mm -hmm. she says this very serious thing. And then he's like, if there's an iced tea in in that bag, this could be love. And there's not an iced tea in that bag. There's a root beer. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I just have to ask myself, what would happen if there had been an iced tea in that bag? They would have had to get married, right? Yeah, it would have been love. So, you know, and there's really no going back from there. Uh, If you can guess someone's correct uh, drink order, then that is love. And that is what we all learned here tonight. For as long as they've been working together, which I have no idea how long it's been, but... I seem to, I, I feel like they've spent a lot of time together. I'm just going to say that Scully probably should know his drink order. Well, I thought it was an interesting response that she says, like, Mulder, it's fate. And then she says it's root beer. Because it's like, and he doesn't really seem upset. So I'm like, does he also love root beer? And this is like a, a viable option. It's just not iced tea. I don't know. You know, I I don't know his preferences in drinks, um, but maybe he does usually get root beers. Um, Because I think also root beer is like a strange thing to get for someone if if you don't know that they like it. Like I wouldn't, like if I was picking out a random drink, I wouldn't be like, probably root beer would be good. Well, I like root beer, but if she was bringing him snacks to stay awake, root beer does not have caffeine in it. So that would have been a silly thing to bring him. Well, she's not. She's trying to get him to go home. Okay. Yeah. Have a nice (laughs) glass of root beer and go to sleep. And go to sleep. You know, it's like it's a little bedtime snack. Yeah, he does seem a little, like, not seriously upset when she says it's root beer, but he kind of sighs and does, like, oh, uh, when he tells her that. So, I don't know. But either way, 
it's like almost a sincere moment, but it's also not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's both, and that's how they like reel you in and then spit you back out, and you don't really know how you're supposed to feel afterwards. Yeah, and I didn't know how to feel. Other than if had it been iced tea, they would have been legally required to get married. Yeah, which I mean is why they couldn't do it now. You know, it's it's only season one, and they're like, we can't, we can't give people this this early. They will lose interest. But Mulder agrees to go home. He's letting Scully do the watch. So Scully keeps the snacks that she brought him, I think, and realizes Mm -hmm. that there was a bite taken out of her sandwich, which I don't understand how that happened. At what point could Toombs have bitten her sandwich? (laughs) He didn't bite the sandwich. Mulder bit the sandwich. He gives it to her and says, I don't know, but he gives it back to her and says, I only took a bite. And oh. that scene was so weird because, like, she's looking at the sandwich like, <gasps> right. and, like, you don't really understand. But she says, like, because I was like, what the, wait, what the fuck? But she says later, I think she's talking to Mulder, and she's like, your sandwich gave me an idea. And it was, like, you know, figuring out if, because they have, you know, there's a body that they found dug uh, and buried in the concrete, um, the body that's potentially belongs to this missing organ and there's like uh bite marks on um parts of the skeleton and she is uh they're trying to prove that uh tombs was the one that killed this body because up until now they don't have any proof and in the moment of looking at the sandwich she realizes that if they can prove that his teeth marks match the teeth marks on the body then they might be able to prove that it was tombs and then link him to these other murders, et cetera, et cetera. But they do not make it very clear at all when she first has this realization and she doesn't bring it up again for like a little while. And I was just like, okay, I guess she just thought that sandwich was crazy. Like, (laughs) but uh, yeah, that's, that is the reasoning. Okay, well, there's a lot going on with the sandwich that I missed, but it is mm-hmm. very misleading because at the same time that Scully sees this bite in in the sandwich, we also realize that uh, Tombs is in the back of Mulder's car, so Mulder is driving Tombs home. Yep, Tombs is in the back of the car. He, like, waits to close it. I mean, I guess maybe it's just for the audience to know he's in there, but, like, waits to close it until Mulder's, like, driving away. Um, somehow, you know, shuts it from the inside and, yeah, drives him right back uh, to Mulder's apartment where, as we know, Mulder curb stomps him with his sneakers on. No, he doesn't. Mulder hugs himself to sleep and wakes up hugging himself. <laughs> and Tombs stomps himself in the face. At the end of this episode, well, almost the end of this episode, Tombs, I think, really needs this uh, fifth liver, and Mulder has stopped him a bunch of times. And his, I think, psychiatrist comes to the house that he's staying at to talk Mm -hmm. to him, see how he's doing. And this psychiatrist has been a stupid idiot this whole time. Yeah. And Tombs ends up killing him. And I, I didn't want Tombs to get what he needed, but I did feel okay that he killed that dumb doctor. Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. The the man, I don't think I want to say he deserved it, but he didn't not deserve it. And so I, I was like, yeah, I mean, if you're going to kill someone, I guess it might as well be this dumbass. And then Tombs has his his fifth liver. So, you know, time to sleep for 33 years. I feel like you maybe asked this in the last episode, but I don't understand why Tombs lives in a normal house, but then hibernates in like a gross 
abandoned nest type thing. I understand why he hibernates there because he needs to be somewhere that nobody will find him, obviously. Mm -hmm. I guess I, I don't understand why he lives in a normal house the rest of the time. Yeah, I mean, me either, but I think it's a similar question to, like, why does he have a job? Like, it's probably the same answer. It just makes him seem more normal. But I'm also, like, you're making yourself more seen by existing in these spaces instead of, like, just living in your hibernation nest. But I don't. this is, you know, how he's done it, and he has been successful up until this point, so I guess who are we to question his tactics? Yeah, you can't argue with his methods. They've worked out. Except for this time. Not, when Mulder not so and Scully find his nest, uh, his little hibernation nest. And I think, I guess he's about to hibernate and Mulder is poking around it and wakes him up. And then he attacks Mulder and comes out of the nest naked naked and covered in gross goo and it's pretty gross and unsettling. Yeah. It, it is extremely gross and unsettling. And then, so his, where he's hibernating is like uh, where his apartment building was. And I guess in the time between like the, third episode in this episode they demolished that building and turned it into a mall um, but he still hibernates underneath it and so when Mulder's like down there poking around they're like under an escalator and then mm, Mulder gets out and turns the escalator on and then Tombs is just like murdered by escalator and i mean that's a horrifying way to go if you ask me i mean i i don't know that i i feel that much sympathy in general for tombs but like oh, oh. and then you just like see the blood go up the stairs and you're like oh. there he goes yeah. yeah it's pretty gross i didn't really understand what part of the escalator was crushing him I, yeah I don't, I don't know this underneath stairs as they circle around i don't know yeah i guess that must be it i didn't really get it but uh it seemed like a fitting end for him it was also it was just really upsetting when he was crawling after Mulder, like naked and covered in goo and they sped it up so he was going faster i didn't uh i didn't like it yeah it was all it was all very unsettling i'll say yeah, very unsettling. And then Mulder and Scully, like you said, just watch somebody die via getting torn apart by an escalator. Yeah, and, like, I know they've seen a lot of, like, horrible things, but, like, that's got to be one that just makes you go, like, oh. I mean, do they – I don't know if I understand what happens after this. Do they tell the FBI what happened and that they murdered Tombs? Or do they just what? Yeah, what happens? I have no clue what uh, comes of. I guess maybe they do say that because they. I mean, they turn in their report, which I assume includes everything. Because at this point, they've already admitted to Skinner that they've been like surveilling, even though they weren't supposed to. And so I assume when they turn in their report. It included that, and it included their findings because they were able to prove that this body that they found in the cement was a match for the bite marks and Toombs's teeth. And so I guess they probably presented all of this evidence um, and included that he was dead. Like, it just seems like they put everything in it because then Skinner, you know, is talking. Um, to the cigarette smoking man and he's like do you believe it and smoking man is like of course i do um which is an interesting response i'd love your take on that but if for skinner to ask that question i would think that they included just like everything and i i guess if they were able to prove 
that he did all these killings, there's no consequences for his murder, or maybe it's an accident or like self-defense because obviously Toombs was coming after him. I don't know the specifics on how that works. Yeah, it was self-defense and I understand and, and am happy that Mulder did it, but it just seems like killing someone via an escalator would not really be a, an approved way to kill someone in the FBI. Yeah. Well, like, did he do it on purpose? Did they say he did it on accident? Maybe, you know, I don't know. He was hibernating under an escalator. Seems like if at any point that escalator was turned on, it wouldn't have gone well for him. Yeah, I don't don't know. I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter because it seems like, and I don't know if this is true, but it seems like the smoking man is maybe in a way playing the same role that uh, Deep Throat is playing in that he's like kind of protecting Mulder or at least knows about these supernatural things. And so like he knows that they're telling the truth. I think you could be onto something, you know, that's but all. But also he wanted to, he wanted to uh, debunk Mulder. So I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know at this point. He's just there, you know. He's just in these meetings, but it's other people that are giving directions for the debunking. So it's it's hard to say what role he's playing um, in this FBI game. What a nice job he has to just sit at work and listen and smoke a cigarette. Yeah, I mean, that sounds great. Dream job. Dream job. Great job, smoking man. <laughs> I feel like that wraps up our uh, our episode. Well, wonderful. I mean, we'll, we'll be back here once again next week talking about episode 22, which is called Born Again, um, about an eight-year-old girl who is the prime suspect in a series of strange and seemingly unrelated deaths. Now that's interesting because we've already talked about an episode where some young girls killed some people. So it sounds like that's happening again. Yeah. And maybe just one this time. Although you never really know. Wouldn't be surprised if it was another Eve. Well, as we close, as we always say, Aliens, if you're out there, come and get us, because we're scared.